The Heart of Art is sponsored in part by the Texas A&M University Art Galleries, which includes the Stark and Forsyth Galleries located inside the MSC. The galleries provide a variety of opportunities to experience art exhibitions, events, and hands-on activities. More information at uart.tamu.edu. The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. The Heart of Art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Howdy, Aguilanda. Welcome back to the KMU Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Today, we have a very special show planned for you. We have two guests in the studio today, and that is Matt and Mary Berenger. And they are here representing the Friends of Chamber Music. They have been loyal supporters for around 10 years and Matt is now on the board of directors for the Friends of Chamber Music and they will be giving us a rundown of what this new season will bring for the 2023 and 2024 season. And if you are listening right now, you actually have the opportunity to win a pair of tickets for the Friends of Chamber Music's first concert this season. And this concert will bring together the winners of the 2022 Van Cliburn International Competition which consists of silver medalist Anna Genushini and bronze medalist Dimitro Choni. And this will take place at Rudder Theater Sunday, September 10th at 4 p.m. If you are able to attend on September 10th, you can visit tx.ag slash Clyburn Giveaway. That's tx.ag slash Clyburn Giveaway, C-L-I-B-U-R-N Giveaway. With this link, you can fill out the information to have a chance to snag those tickets. The winner will be able to pick up their two tickets at the will call at the MSC box office on the day of the concert starting at 4 p.m. And Friends of Chamber Music recommends that you arrive early for the pre-concert performance by the A&M Consolidated High School String Orchestra. And that'll take place in the exhibit hall adjacent to the Rudder Theater. And I encourage everyone to try and catch this performance by our very own students from College Station. And once again, that link to get those tickets is tx.ag slash Clyburn Giveaway. All right, let's get back to the conversation with Mary and Matt Berenger. So hi, Matt and Mary. How are y'all today? Hello. Good. Really Thank great. Thank you for having us. Of course. Thank you all for stopping by. Uh, I can't wait uh, to see what's going to happen this season. I mean, last year... Friends of Chamber Music brought some great artists here to the Brazos Valley. One of them was Samara Joy, who shortly after went on to snatch two Grammys. I mean, that's amazing. And even uh, Midori was here for the 40th anniversary of her debut. Yeah. Um, and with that the... was amazing. Oh, yeah. That was an, an amazing performance. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait to see what, what this season brings. Um, but if you've listened to the show before, you know that I like to get the personal stories of my guests before we go into uh, the nitty-gritty. Um, so I wanted to ask you both, how did you end up here in the Brazos Valley? Well, I came here to go to A&M in 1980 and never left. <laughs> I met Mary the semester before I graduated and, you know, we ended up getting together and 
getting married and wow. buying a house and she got a degree and another degree and we're still here. <laughs> well, so you all met here at A&M as students, right? And we what, what, did, yes. And how, how did that happen? Where did you all meet? <laughs> at an ultimate Frisbee tournament. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was here, uh, I had graduated from North Texas at Denton and I was living here um, thinking I was going to pursue a teaching certification and then um, he was playing Frisbee and my ex-boyfriend was playing Frisbee. Okay. <laughs> that's how we met. <laughs> that sounds like the beginning of a really good movie. <laughs> um, okay, so where did uh, the love for music grow? I'm, I'm sure this was before you all even met, so I'm going to start with Matt first. Where where did that love for music start? Well, I've loved music all my life, really. I, I took piano lessons when I was a kid for about three years, and I just remember always liking to hear the radio driving around in my mom's car and uh, I'll never forget the first time I saw live music. Uh, we were in the park in Kokomo, Indiana in the daytime, and there was a jazz band playing, and I was, like, I was just enthralled. I was like, wow, that's really neat. You know, it's like, that's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I remember being at a at a, a, um, a circus, and they had a <laughs> they had some booth with uh, people playing ragtime jazz at a place called Your Father's Mustache, and people were dancing and drinking beer and eating peanuts and having a good old time, and that stands out in my mind so I've just always liked music and I I have to have live music in my life <laughs> right yeah so important and what about you Mary well Matt and I interact with music really differently I have always loved lyrics and <laughs> our friends make fun of me because any song that comes on I'm I can sing every word to it oh, yes. <laughs> if I like it I really love the stories that that songs tell and I'm really I really connect with music much more that way um, we are we react to music so differently he's an engineer and uh, I am a school psychologist and I'm all about the words and the, and the right. stories and always have been um, mm-hmm. and then we both uh, really started listening to chamber music more when we started going to Maine in the summers there's a town called Blue Hill that we go to in the summer and they have an amazing chamber music summer program called at a place called Knizel Hall and they we started going to concerts there with his father and uh, that was about 13 years ago and that's where we really started listening more to chamber music okay and would you say Mary that your chosen instrument is the voice then are you a singer Oh, goodness, no. Oh, he's laughing. That's kind, isn't it? <laughs> no, he's right, though. No, I'm no. absolutely not a singer. Uh, I like poetry, and I like lyrics, and I love when something is really beautifully phrased verbally. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he listens to musical phrasing. I listen to verbal phrasing in music. Right. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm about the words, but no, I cannot carry a tune in a bucket. Mm-hmm. And I don't play any instrument. Oh, really? Okay. And Matt, do you still play the piano? I don't. I used to play guitar and bass and bands and stuff, but that's past. I still have my equipment, but I can't get rid of it because middle block there. But (laughs) no, I just just, uh, listen to music at home and and out at concerts when I can get a chance. All right. Awesome. So you're still an avid experiencer of live music. (laughs) That's great. Um, I'm wondering how... The musical experience changed for you when you started attending music, uh, live music together. Um, I know that you all um, focus on different things uh, with the music, um, but is there any anything that has made 
listening to music live special when you're together? I I do think it connects us. I, I do think really, although we, we really emphasize, you know, emotionally different aspects of the music, I th- it's a very shared experience. I think when we go to a concert together, um, I, 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 just, I just feel like sort of emotionally we we connect during the performance even though you know cognitively we're coming at it from different perspectives (laughs) emotionally it sort of connects us right true true do y'all ever like compare notes about what happened oh yes yeah he's always he is a much a much more critical listener he hears so much more in music than i hear i hear every word and remember every word and he hears every note by every instrument and uh responds really strongly to that so it's always interesting for me to hear you know after performance how he you know how he feels about it he gets he's very emotionally attached to music and can uh, tear up to a beautiful performance pretty easily oh yeah (laughs) yeah that's awesome because i know uh with my partner we also like to share notes and we'll even like reference specific pieces of the song and you know, yeah, and I, I love that. So I, I, I love that you guys um, do that together. So Matt, what was what attracted you to Friends of Chamber Music? What what characteristics did you see in it that made you want to be a board member? Uh, okay, so I guess that's two different things there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> attracted me to Friends of Chamber Music was, uh, well, I saw the, these concerts in the paper and like, wow, that's right here. And oh, it's going to be, you know, this group of musicians and don't have to drive to Houston, let's go. And, right. and a lot of them are free, so it's like, can't beat that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I really started going. I just saw it as a real benefit um, and just thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you go to these things, and they, they're always needing people to help out, and you read the programs, and they say, you know, you know, let us know if you'd like to help out in some way. So I finally filled out the form and said, yeah, I'll help out. And I thought maybe I'd just be handing out programs or something in the thing, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you like to be on the board? <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> I'll give it a shot, I yeah. guess. A little more than I was expecting, but okay. Mm-hmm. And I've only been doing this for, uh, what, a month? Mm-hmm. Two months? I don't, not even oh, that wow. long. So it's still mm-hmm. new for me f- in that respect. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm glad to be able to help out to keep this thing going on. And I know it takes a lot of work. I'm seeing it takes more and more work the more I've gotten involved. So. Right. And what kind of work do you do as a board member? Uh, well, at first I was um, just set out to try to bring in sponsors uh, mm-hmm. because it takes you know it takes money to put these concerts on their hat they're paying the performers and they pay for locations to stay and and lots of things so it takes a lot of money uh, they have a lot of supporting people who just generously give but it still mm-hmm. takes a lot so they uh, we sell ads in the in the program and I've been trying to get money coming in that way all right and also we're I'm gonna try to start helping out with uh, our outreach program um, where we have uh, the local community um, players play in these pre-concerts and such. So we're going to try to help help keep that going on and stuff too. Right. I mean, I know that Friends of Chamber Music brings in like A-list musicians yeah. and to like, a, a, I think a, an area that doesn't usually get very much of it. And it's not like a huge metropolitan area, right? Where like Houston or Austin or Dallas, um, but we're really getting some some special musicians here in the Brazos Valley because of Friends of Chamber Music. And, and that's awesome that you're a part of, of that uh, board now. Um, so 
what is what is this next season of Friends of Chamber Music look like? What, what's going to be stopping by our door? Okay, well, our first our first show is uh, September 10th on a Sunday, and there are two piano players. Um, both have meddled in the Van Cliburn Piano Competition. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to play individually and then together, and it's pretty special because one is Russian and one's Ukrainian. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to mention while you're talking, you yeah. said what drew, drew you to this. Mm-hmm. Not only is it here in town and it's easy to get to a concert, you don't have to drive two hours to get to, but you're like 20 feet away from these performers. So, oh, yeah. you know, you're not hearing it amplified. It's, you're, you're right there. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really, really neat. I mean, that's very it is. unusual. It's very, it's, they're very personal performances. They're very intimate, most of them. Yes, I know that that was my experience also with with Samara Joy. I, I got to see like every expression she was making, and I think that's really special. Yeah, that it's also like small venue, smaller venues. I, I would say. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean to take you away from our first show, but yeah. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> so that's 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 coming up really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And this is actually the first time they perform together, right? Or they don't usually perform together. I believe that's true. They have their own individual, um, you know, businesses going on for themselves, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they are performing together here. I, I did look at, read up on them. I think they performed somewhere else before as well, but it's very unusual for, right. for them to be doing that. Yeah, with a, such a busy schedule, I bet yeah. <laughs> it'd be hard to find some time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's next? The next one is uh, Friday, October 13th in Rudder Theater. By the way, the first one is in Rudder Theater, which is a great place to see a show, by the way, because mm-hmm. I mean, we have Rudder Auditorium, which is nice, but it's so large. Um, Rudder Theater is a much smaller venue, and again... <laughs> It might not be 20 feet. It might. The front rows might be 20 feet, but you're still really, really close. Mm-hmm. Um, so Friday, October 13th, we have a Jazz Grammy Award winner. I don't know how to pronounce them correctly. Cicely McLaurin, Salvant, voice, and Sullivan Fortner playing piano. Ooh, wow. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. A jazz singer. Another one like last year. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. So after that, we're going to have on Tuesday, November 14th, in A&M United Methodist Church. By the way, let me mention, uh, we're getting really, really established players in here, and, and mm-hmm. they have bigger bigger audiences, so now we're having some in Rudder Theater. And those are typically, um, you must pay to get in to see to see those. Right. But the mm-hmm. ones at A&M United Methodist Church are still free, and also we have one you'll be, I'll be talking about in Century Square that's also free. So. The third one is Parker Ramsey playing harp and Brandon Patrick George playing flute. Ooh. That's really, really neat. We've seen some like that before, haven't yes, we? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've seen these people play before, but, you know, the combinations of instruments is something you don't usually see even when you go to Houston or something to see a concert. Right. I can imagine it's going to be, like, ethereal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the fourth show we have on Thursday, February 29th, is Quartetto di Cremona from Italy. And that's going to be at A&M United Methodist Church as well. So that'll be a free show, actual chamber music type, mm-hmm. type concert. I bet the, the Methodist Church also has, like, a very nice acoustics, yeah. I would think. Very yeah. nice, it's really yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially for chamber music. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the yeah. place to do it. <laughs> sure is. And then we have, uh, on April 8th, we have uh, at Century Square. Now, this is really interesting. So we get people from... You know, away usually away from here. I don't know if, if we've had any concerts by people from the Brazos Valley, but this particular one, it's it's a a solar eclipse project. So that day, April eighth, there's mm-hmm. going to be a near total eclipse of the sun here in Brazos Valley. Really? 
So at 1.39 p.m. at Century Square, there's going to be uh, <laughs> there's going to be this show where uh, David Wilburn uh, is is com composing a piece He's, uh, that'll be presented. I think it's it's possibly going to be a wind instrumental uh, okay. piece of music, uh, and that'll be the Brazos Valley Astronomy Club is also involved with this. So, wow. as I understand it, they'll be playing music and some kind of video before the the closest part of the of the clips and then there'll be a, like a four minutes of silence and then there'll be more music after after is a search the wane oh so, wow. and that's by you know local people so that'll that's mm -hmm. interesting that's we have local people putting on a show here for that and it's a very interesting concept you know yes right. that should be really that should be really great yeah, I mean, mixing music with astrology, that's going right. to be <laughs> a yeah. very interesting experience. Yeah, I can't wait to hear that. Mm -hmm. And then our last uh, our last scheduled show is Chanticleer, which is an a cappella group. Um, they're a, they won their Grammy Award-winning ensemble. They've been around for, for 40 years. And uh, I just listened to them before I came out uh, came out here. To, and it's... Uh, Sometimes listen to chant. I listen to all kind of music. You know, I'm all over the place and <laughs> chant. They they established this this uh, group to because there was no there was a very severe lack of chant music being performed. So they started with that, but now they play other they sing other things as well. Um, and it was interesting to hear the the sound from the 70s and the sound of, of 2023 on their on their recordings. Uh, wow. So. All right. And would that be the last one for this season? That's the last one for this season. That's Thursday, April 11th in Rudder Theater. All right. Awesome. And if people want to um, revisit uh, all of these that you mentioned, is there a website that they can visit? Yes, yes. Uh, it's fcmtx.org. Okay. Awesome. And just to recap, the, the next concert would be September 10th, correct? Correct. Okay. And that one's going to be at Rudder Theater as well. Also, during these concerts, some of these, we like to get the local kids involved. Uh, we oftentimes will have pre-concerts bef before the concert. We'll right. have local students playing, and that's really neat. Um, mm -hmm. There's one scheduled for the, our first one on September 10th. We're trying to get something together for the, the jazz concert um, on October 13th. So that's really nice. Mm -hmm. the, the kids get to play in front of people, you know, more experience. Right, get some local talent in there yeah. as well. Yeah. I love that Friends of Chamber of Music is, is doing that. Um, all right. Well, Matt and Mary, thank you so much for stopping by and showing us what this season is going to be. I, I can't wait to go see these great performers, and I can't wait to see you all there. Okay. Thank you, so thank you so much. Of course. All right, you guys, we will be going on a quick break, but do not go anywhere. We will be right back. The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. All right, now we will be revisiting my interview with Eric Nesda, who is the host of the PBS show Songs of the Center. And we have a great conversation about songwriting and what it means to be a songwriter. So hi, Eric. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Uh, I'm fine, Hector. How are you? 
I'm doing great. I'm so excited for our conversation today. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. So I wanted to ask you, where are you from? Where, where would you call home? Well, my home is in a suburb of Columbus, Ohio called Worthington. It's right on the northern edge of Columbus. And it's probably a lot like suburbs all over the country. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm a central Ohioan. Okay. And were you raised there as well? Yes, I was. I was raised here, and uh, but I've stayed in one place and uh, uh, been able to do a lot of things from this, this one central location. Right. And I know you're a lot into writing as well as music, but I was wondering what got you um, interested in music? Was it those school musicals that you were in? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I never, I never grew up thinking I wanted to be in music. It was kind of something I did on the side. But about my sophomore year in high school, my junior year in high school, I just had a, a, a I don't know where it came from, but it was a, a, an overwhelming passion to learn to play the piano. I'm not a good student uh, with that. So I kind of taught myself and I taught myself to write songs and play the piano at the same time. Um, so it's just something, it's a passion that took me, I don't know why, um, but once I, once I discovered that, I, you know, put a lot of other stuff uh, to rest, like my athletic career and all that, and really got into music and writing. Yeah, I mean, we're lucky that you did, <laughs> because we have so <laughs> well, much. thank you. Of course. Um, and so did you have any like important teachers? I know you taught yourself piano, but were there any? Right. Yeah, any? Well, you know, back in my day, today, today, if, if you're 16, 17, you want to go to college and study songwriting, there's all kinds of places you can go. You can go to, to Belmont or, uh, you know, other places, uh, Miami Univers University of Miami, and they teach songwriting there. Um, but in my day, you just had to, you had to listen to people you liked. And for me, that was Jackson Brown and, and Jim Croce and Janice Ian and, you know, all the singer-songwriters of the 70s. And I learned their songs. They, they were my teachers. And luckily wow. enough, we'll get to this later, uh, some of them have been on my show. Wow. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a real wild ride. Yeah, full circle moments for you, I bet. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about what impacted you to write music. And I know that one of your songs, Daddy's Wheels, is about um, your father's diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. Uh, right. Can you tell us about his diagnosis and why it was important when he was diagnosed? Yeah, um, I'll tell you, I don't think that I, I, let me start out by saying that whenever somebody asks me about my life, mm -hmm. I say the first thing that you need to know is that my dad was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis three days after I was born. Right. And, you know, again, that was a time when they didn't quite have the treatments that they have today. And it was a very uh, debilitating disease. And the song, I mean, every, every aspect of my life, uh, I think has to do with that. He was a very funny man, so I learned the value of humor through him. Uh, but he was also uh, very aesthetic, very attuned to politics, uh, very aware of that stuff. And he, he knew more about what was going on in the world from his four walls than, you know, people out in the world know. Wow. And so one of the things that when I was growing up, 
you know, back back in the day, there'd only be a couple photos of your picture of your parents and grandparents because that's all there were. Today, it's like, you know, do you want to see 10,000 pictures of my my grandfather? No, I don't. I'd like to see one. But but back then, we had a couple pictures of him lying around, and one of him was on a bicycle. He was about 12 years old. Uh, he just had the world in front of him. He was smiling and and all this, and that was part of his paper route that he had. And, and my aunt told me this funny story about how, you know, he, he'd go collect for his paper route, and he before he got home, he'd spend all the money on ice cream and cola. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but... But there was this picture of him on his on his bicycle, and that was the impetus for the song Daddy's Wheels. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that he was very humorous. Um, did he impact the way you tell stories? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, you grow up in that environment, you just you just pick up on it. And, you know, one of the highest compliments that that that. I, I've gotten in my life that like when someone says you're just like your father was or you know whatever. Uh, I mean it was very sad. He he had a, a, a tremendous influence on me, the family and and the people who knew him. But I mean it was very sad to see a man of such intelligence and humor just just get knocked out of the world. Mm-hmm. His world his his world was the four walls he lived in and the the family and a couple of friends that would come to visit him. Um, but to us, you know, he was everything. And he, he really um, instituted some very important values, um, not so much by what he said, um, but how he lived, you know. And, and for me, the, the, you know, what I learned from him is that as long as you're breathing, there's a purpose for you. You can still love and, and connect and think and, and, and so you can accomplish a lot, even though you're not in the world with people. Right. And I mean, I, I feel like you definitely found your purpose. Um, you went to Ohio Westland to study journalism and then got right. your MFA at the Renewer Writing Workshop at Pacific Lutheran University uh, right. in creative writing. Um, I'm, I'm interested in to why not going to music and why journalism specifically? <laughs> well, that's funny. First of all, I want to tell you that in all my years in the music business, I've only met probably less than a handful of people who really majored in music mm-hmm. um, because, and a lot of us don't read music. Uh, we, we hear things by ear and, and, and I mean, some of us can do both, but for the most part, most of us uh, have learned by ourselves uh, and, and we're not, we're not quote trained in music. Um, so that, that doesn't seem strange to me. Um, but the other thing is that because I, because I taught myself most of what I know about music, when I went to college, um, I tried to get in the music program and I, you have to take a, a test with dictation and all these terms and things you need to do. Right. And out of 100, I scored about a 9 or a 10 on the test. So mm-hmm. I was not a good candidate for the music school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, creative people <laughs> have a different side of the brain that works differently. So Exactly. Yeah, I can definitely understand exactly. that. 
All right, well, it seems like your passions for music and writing don't really outweigh each other, and you dabble into so many other things, but um, this has now led you to your creation of Songs at the Center, right? It has all, you know, led to this. Um, So what is the format of the show? Is it performance and interview, or how does that go? You know, I ask them about their background and what their influences were and those kinds of things, and then they'll play a song. And we do two types of shows on songs at the center. Um, Our regular shows, which are songwriter rounds, I invite three songwriters to come, and we sit in a semicircle, and we talk and we share songs. And then there are the Master Series episodes in which I invite uh, people like John Oates, Janice Ian, you know, some of the big names and, and I sit with them alone and they will uh, sing a song and talk to me and um, it, it, you know, and, and really the, the show um, is about the songwriter and the process. We, we say that our tagline line is songs, singers, and stories. And if, if, if we have those three elements in a show, we think we're, we're getting to the, 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 the core of what we do. All right, you guys, that is the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, if you missed that link for the very first concert of the Friends of Chamber Music season, that is tx.ag slash Clyburn giveaway. tx.ag slash Clyburn giveaway. I'm Hector Nino, and you've been listening to The Heart of Art a production of 90.9 KAMU-FM. You can find all of our shows anytime at kamu.tamu.edu. The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. The Heart of Art is sponsored in part by the Texas A&M University Art Galleries, which includes the Stark and Forsyth Galleries located inside the MSC. The galleries provide a variety of opportunities to experience art exhibitions, events, and hands-on activities. More information at uart.tamu.edu.